Hello and welcome to another Royal College of Psychiatrists podcast. I'm Howard Ryland, I'm the acting editor of the newsletter and I'm joined today by Dr Peter Byrne who is a consultant liaison psychiatrist and also associate registrar and the lead for public mental health at the college. Peter, thank you for joining me. And thank you for having me. Fantastic. I'd like to start by asking why is a public health approach important for tackling mental illness? I think the staggering statistic for us all is that 75% of mental ill health is not treated. So people don't present for treatment and if they do, they find GPs to be hard gatekeepers and I'm not blaming GPs because resources are scarce. Sometimes they find our services hard to access and then they don't engage with services for whatever reason and let's not throw blame around. So. When you have uh, an illness where one in four people have the illness, but guess what, one in four get treatment, we should have a public health approach that goes outside the hospitals and outside the clinics and engages people a different way. Some pretty stark statistics. What what would you say are the key public health issues affecting psychiatry? I think apart from what I've just described as the treatment gap, I think our biggest issue now is what I'm calling the stolen years and that is that a man or woman with a severe mental illness will lose between 15 and 20 years of their life expectancy because they have that diagnosis and because other things like health inequalities and some antipsychotic use and I'm afraid smoking go with that diagnosis and they will die prematurely and I think that's a public scandal and something we need to address through a combined coordinated public health approach but, and it's clearly something we can do something about. But the reason I say stolen years is that the last few years of those patients' lives are terrible. They've got heart illnesses, heart failure, and heart failure has a more malignant prognosis than cancer. They've got smoking-related diseases, so they will have COPD and emphysema. Uh, they will have other aggravated illnesses that are related to high lipids, uh, uncontrolled diabetes, perhaps even obesity. And all of those taken together give them a pretty rotten Uh, last few years of life and again this reduced life expectancy. We've recently seen the the, the publication of the Chief Medical Officer for England's annual report which focuses on the priorities for public mental health. I think this has really helped to raise the importance of public health and a population approach to, to mental illness on the agenda What are the next steps following the publication of this report? I'm very glad that you've you've focused on the CMO's report. Now, the Chief Medical Officer is England and Wales only, but what she's done with a lot of collaborators, many of whom are known to us in the Royal College and and are our partners, is she's really nailed down what she means by public mental health. And she means mental health promotion, mental health prevention, but also its treatment. So you can't on the one hand cut back on services as we're seeing now in in child services and addiction services and on the other hand hope to roll out good public mental health for everybody. So the next steps for us are first of all I've been very lucky that that report came out just when I was less than a month uh, in this new role so I had to digest the report I then had to talk to the Root and Branch College members and many of our other mental health charities to try to think about the next steps and the next way forward. Uh, And I've kind of identified from that the key priorities that we can all think about uh, as a way forward. Number one for me has to be a minimum price for alcohol. And at 50p, that's one of our key manifesto promises. Number two has to be to roll out programs of early intervention, 
in children to me that means parenting skills training and other key early interventions and of course i'm talking about properly resourced child and adolescent mental health services but early intervention should be at the other extreme of age there's so many things we can do with early diagnosis of dementia with social treatments of dementia with supporting carers with helping older people with again alcohol problems it's an astonishing statistic that in the last 15 years alcohol misuse among men has increased in the over 65 group by 60 percent but it's doubled in women so we identify those priorities as a way of looking at what our divisions and our faculties and our regional uh, college structures can do to get public mental health into the agenda of the local councils and to try to move things forward that way. Great, so that sounds like there's lots of positive things that we can be working on as college and as individual psychiatrists. I'd be interested to know what you see as being the main barriers to improving the mental health of the population. Um, I think there's going to be resistance there. If you ask psychiatrists 10 years ago, did they think it was a good or a bad idea to have smoking in a mental health ward? I think the majority of psychiatrists would have said, oh, let them smoke, it's all they've got. And now we've changed because we realise that most of the health inequalities that we see in our patients with severe mental illness are mediated by smoking. So we should treat our patients and give them the same chances as the rest of the population. Uh, Sometimes the barriers are institutional. I think one of the main barriers is the fact that we have very fragmented government systems now. To hive off public health into the local borough councils will mean, I think, that often public mental health will get neglected. Um, It's also very hard because alcohol affects not just physical health, but mental health can end in addictions. But remember, the brunt of the damage that alcohol does, we see as domestic violence, we see as clogging up the emergency departments, we see as the, uh, the natural... Uh, disinhibition of people who then go and commit crimes etc so how do we manage to join up all of these different institutions to act as one to try and reduce the harm that alcohol does that's a huge challenge I think money is a great challenge I think this is an age of austerity and um, I don't think anybody is waiting for me to be the public mental health person who knocks on their door and says oh I know all these things are important I know you know your service surviving is important but I also think this is important as well Getting in there, getting to the meetings where we're involved in, in say, school uh, programmes to help people understand what mental health is, to help children bring that message home to their parents, to bring it into training of all our doctors, our nurses and allied professionals, to get a proper public mental health perspective in the RC psych curriculum. They're all barriers. Um, I suppose, uh, I don't think apathy is a barrier, but I think other priorities are the biggest thing uh, that I come up against when I talk to very, you know, successful and and energetic college members, but they will say, well, you know, that's a great thing to do, but I have 10 other priorities that go ahead of that. So that, for me, is is one of the big barriers. Great, thank you. So it sounds like there's a lot of challenges which we still face, but at least we're beginning to get some kind of handle on the problem and coming up with some solutions which uh, begin to address them. And I should say, if people are listening, be they college members or people with an interest and a passion, contact us. We'd love to hear your ideas. Uh, We're forming a small executive that's going to meet, I think we're going to meet January 14th next, and I'm certain our first public mental health network of 2015 will be on March 16th, and we will have a very broad uh, group of people sitting in the same room, bouncing off ideas and seeing what's worked where. Um, I hope out of my role, I'll have a toolkit for people and we'll work with anyone we can work with who can show us where the evidence is and how we can move this forward. Great. Peter, thank you very much for coming and talking about this 
important issue and I look forward to seeing developments as they happen. And thank you, Howard.